Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello and welcome to the Seven Nation podcast here on yourprepsports.com. I'm your host, Rob Howe, joined as always by Ryan Merkin from Your Prep Sports, recording on Wednesday, September the 28th, a little before 12.30 p.m. Central Time. Heavy focus on football today. Uh, our PSA that we say throughout this podcast is check out yourprepsports.com for much more in-depth coverage of what we'll discuss on this podcast. Uh, before previews, features, uh, game coverage, match coverage, all that good stuff at yourprepsports.com. Wow, at the boot, Ryan. Uh, did not see that coming. Um, you know, we talk about data and trying to figure out what teams are like. Um, City obviously had played two really good teams in Dowling and Liberty, um, and that must have prepared it for what it had in Iowa City West. And uh, just was really – City jumped on them early, and West could just could not recover. I think you and I talked about this, you know, I, I won't, Rob, I won't disclose everything that, that we talk about in text messaging. Uh, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> this is a family podcast. <laughs> but we, um, it is fun for me anyway, because I'm, as I'm kind of trying to quarterback our coverage on a night, I'm, I'm in communication with all of our people, you know, with Rob and, and Susan Harmon and, and Douglas Miles, who were out of games. And, you know, Rob and I were talking about this before we jumped on the podcast today. Our, our slate last week was awesome. Um, and so I was keeping tabs with all of our people that are out. And then we have a lot of great people too, that, that aren't quote unquote, part of our team, Rob, but, but that send us information, Mm -hmm. um, from the other schools, um, you know, just people I know and and that, that do stats or whatever they do that are, that are great, um, at West Branch and Solon and Regina and in all these places, Clear Creek that are sending me updates so that I can kind of, you know, do the things that we do on a Friday night. But Rob and I were talking, man. City really just kind of sucked the life out of out of the stadium, out of the what you thought was going to be a great game, which I told you I thought was going to be a great game, which I think both sides, I think everybody that went there anticipated a great game, right? And they just, you know, just sucked all the energy from that home stadium and the atmosphere and everything on in the first five minutes. I mean, when you when you say we want the ball and you go 80 yards and score, and then you score on a fourth down, especially I think is kind of deflating. You know, West had a chance to get off the field without giving up points. You score, three and out, punt, right on the field, touch. I mean, there's you can't script to start any better, especially on the road in a rivalry game. And, I mean, the first quarter was 21-0, to zero and the yards were, you know, 200 and some to not very many. Uh, I think it was – I think it was touchdown, three and out, touchdown, three and out, touchdown, three and out. Um, and again, all the credit to City, right? I mean, I did not see that coming, as we talked about. Um, it was super impressive. They were almost flawless, right? I mean, they were really, really good. They didn't make mistakes. West made a couple of mistakes early on a few of those drives with some penalties and got behind the chains a little bit and some of that stuff you can't do. Um but I just, I mean, it, it, I did not see it coming. All the credit to City. Um, but I, you know, I still think that those are two really good teams, Rob. I mean, obviously, you look at City, and as we said, and I'll, I'll share this too, because I think this is interesting as you put together these data points. Obviously, a huge win for Liberty. But as you're watching that 
City West game, you're kind of in your head, in the back of my head, I'm kind of going, man, how how good is Liberty? Even even as I don't know what's going on with their game with North Scott, you know, in in every game is different with matchups and all that stuff, Rob. But um, that win over City High for them gets more impressive by the week. I feel like when you see what City High has been able to do, especially on Friday. Yeah, no question. And uh, City just, like you said, they just got them on got on them early. Um, West on that first drive took a shot. Wallace took mm-hmm. a shot to Janice deep. If that connects, you don't yep. know. I mean, the game flow just went City's way. Yeah. And then City kind of p- pinned its ears back. And definitely, you know, obviously you, you look at the skill players and, and really they performed well. But that game was one up front, man. City's offensive and defensive lines, I thought, from the first week we saw them in Kinnick to what they look like this past week, night and day. Great points, Rob. Like, like I mean, I think those are two great points. Number one, with the game flow, I, it was either the first or second drive West had a procedure. Yeah. Um, and those are penalties where it's like it's one penalty for five, year, five yards. But when you talk about the snowball starting to go, right, I mean, City's got the momentum, and you come back and you got to make something positive happen. Even, you know, in both those situations, even if it's not an 80-yard touchdown drive, I mean, you got to flip the field. You got to do something positive because the momentum is building on the other side. And they had a penalty on one of those. And, and you make you made a great point that I remember the exact play. It was on the on the near sideline. Um, yeah, they took a shot, and it was he wasn't wide open. He didn't have you know five yards on the defender, but it was plays we've both seen them make. Yep. You know, in the Kennedy game and the Davenport North game, and um, but and even on have, that throw, and I look back at my stills. Wallace was on. I mean, he threw. He had to throw that thing while he was falling backward because there was somebody right. in his face. And you're exactly right. I mean, they took a shot early, which I'm sure you know both teams knew would be dialed up. You know, what I mean, but you still don't know when. Um, yeah, and the game flow just kind of. That's a great point. The game flow kind of got away from him. But that was the other thing I was going to mention too. Is you know, of course, I wrote about Drew Larson, who was. Fan, I mean. It, you mentioned the line play, and these are obviously correlated, but he was really good against Liberty, Drew Larson. Um, and he was much better. And, and it's easy to forget. I mean, he, it's his second year playing, but you know, split reps last year, and the game's really slowing down for him, I think, right now. Um, he's in total control. Like, I, I mean, he just – the throws he makes on the run, you know, his decision-making. Um, and then really what he does, Rob – with the workload that they give him, he's back to receive the opening kick. He had an interception on defense. He's a fantastic safety. Um, And I, I think maybe it goes overlooked a little bit how athletic he is because he plays quarterback. If that makes sense, people just, you know, I mean, if he was their starting safety and receiver, I think people would be like, wow, he's a, he's a really, really good athlete because he's explosive. Um, I mean, he just, he has a really good arm, but he was great. Um, You know, their receivers were good. Keelan Maddox made some big plays again. Ronnie Major was good in the run game. Ben Keeter ran really, really well. They, I mean, he was really a key on the first two drives offensively. They kind of just rode him a little bit and then, you know, didn't need to, you know, went to, went away from that as they threw it a little bit more after that. But back to your point, Rob, the offensive line for City High, I mean, it was a lot of new guys. I mean, they lost a lot of guys that played a lot of football from that lot, from, from that spot last year. And that's a continuity thing a little bit. So you did expect to see improvement because they've got talented guys. I know they have guys up there that they really, really like. It's a lot of young guys, um, but they were they were dominant, um, especially on those first couple drives when they established the run. And if you can, you know, if you can loosen up the bo- if you can um, get force defenses to you know put extra guys in the box to stop the run with what City has, you know, on the outside and, and with Larson they're they're going to be able to feast a little bit and that was kind of the case but and then the defensive line too i mean they really really you know they the difference in that liberty game city game at kinnick going back a month um you know graham beckman had a lot of time to throw um yeah in 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 again all the credit to liberty too because they haven't you know they haven't they've looked great since then as well but yeah, Wallace was under a lot of pressure. They were able to get heat on him. They were able to get heat on him with three or four. You know, I mean, they didn't have to to bring extra guys. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a great point, Rob. 
Ben, I totally agree with you. The difference between the way that they looked on both both sides of the ball up front, City High, I mean, um, was glaring from when we saw them in week one. No doubt. And that's kind of what you look to see, uh, you know, as the season, as the seasons go along, kind of improvement of teams uh, moving along. Um, we'll come back to City and West in a bit. I think we should probably start with, I, I would say, arguably the most impressive team in our area. Um I think Liberty has a case for that, but um, West Branch has just been has oh. taken things to a different level, and and really just you know you it's set up Minneapolis coming off a win against Regina. You figure, all right, let's see what if West Branch is for yeah. real, um, and West Branch proved that it's for real. Uh, yeah, I mean that was again we talked about the slate last week. Liberty gets a huge win over North Scott in a district game, you got the boot, et cetera. So we were at this game. Um, we had good coverage of this game, you know, game story by Douglas Miles. But, you know, in a lot of ways around the area, I think this game might have been overlooked a little bit. This was a real this was a real eye-opener for me. I wrote about it in my, um, in my rapid reaction where I kind of talked about what stood out that week. Um, it's not just the way, you know, it's not just the way that they won it, or it's not just the score. I mean, it's kind of the way that they won it. Rob, I mean, um, Mediapolis has been really good running the football all year. They've run it on everybody. They have an all-state back and Anthony, Anthony Isley and um, West Branch just absolutely dominated that game from from start to finish. Again, you know, I talked to talked to our reporter um, Doug, Douglas Miles that was there to kind of get his feedback on it and break it down a little bit. And I mean, you look at the you look at the stats from that. They held them to ninety two yards rushing. 111 yards of total offense, 13 points. One of those was Mediapolis actually returns the opening kick. Isley returns the opening kick for a touchdown. Um, and that was what, you know, we saw a couple of years ago when we watched them. They, they beat West Branch in the playoffs, played a three-point game with them last year. And, and it was, I mean, he almost beat them. He did, he did basically beat them two years ago, not by himself, but made all the big plays, made long play after, you know, a couple really long runs. Um, and then almost did the same thing last year, Rob. And, and this year they really shut him down, controlled the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I had it in front of me. I'm going to go back and look because yeah, 3.5 under 3.5 yards per play. Um, that West Branch allowed defensively in that game. And they've, I mean, you said it dominant, Rob, through the season. Um, they're giving up less than four yards per play offensively. And, you know, in, Lisbon in that opening game passed for 245 yards. Um, you know, when that game, when, when after West Branch scored 61 in the first half, uh, but you take that out, they haven't given up more than a 92 yards rushing in a game. Waterloo Columbus ran for 92 on 34 carries. Mediapolis ran for 92 on 23 last week. So they're giving up less than 65 rushing yards a game. Um, offensively, they've been really, really good. Their offensive stats aren't as good, Rob, and, and you'll understand this, and, and people will too. You know, they had that they had a game where they scored 61 points in the first half against Lisbon. Um, they beat Maquoketa Valley 59-0 um, in a game that was, you know, for I think 49-0 at halftime, uh, and then they had the the 86-0 win over the Wise Muscatine, which is you know, which they're not doing anything offensively um, after the first quarter of that game, really. Um, you know, with their starters, et cetera. But offensively, they've been, you know, 199 rushing yards a game, 320 total yards, uh, 55 points, which is incredible. But again, yeah. it doesn't really it doesn't really fully reflect, I don't think, how efficient and how good they've been offensively, just because of the, you know, they're not putting up a ton of yardage in some of those games when they have big leads, but they're over they're almost at six yards per play. Um I, I let me let me look at that. Because I, I have it here, Rob, but um, they're actually over seven yards per play offensively. So they've been really, really impressive. And, and that Mediapolis game was, you know, to date, one of the most impressive wins for, you know, up there with, with Liberty's got a couple of big ones. But, um, yeah, they definitely have a resume right now. In, in, in the Associated Press poll this week, they moved up to number one, um, which is either good or bad. I'm sure Butch Peterson – Probably isn't thrilled about that in a lot of ways, uh, knowing the way that Coach Peterson is. But 
I mean, they that's what people, you know, that vote on that Associated Press poll thought of that Mediapolis win um, last week is that they bumped him up. So, number one, and they have a big one this week uh, at Durant. Yes. And so now we see you get number one, you have the target on your back, you go on the road, tough district game against a team that's also playing at a very high level. This is uh, another prove-it game for Westbridge. Yeah, this is this is the game that I'll be at um, on Friday. And it, I'm really interested to watch it for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I haven't seen Nolan DeLong in a couple of years. I've seen him multiple times, but I think the last time I saw him was his sophomore year. Um, he's, he's, we've talked about it actually on here a little bit, Rob, just, I was talking about his highlights or whatever, but he leads the state in rushing right now. Um, you know, this will be our game of the week. So I'll have more information up on this site and and some information in the capsules, but I was doing some stuff on him just as I prepare for this game. He said he's rushed for a thousand yards all four years. Um, he's already at 1,429 yards this year, Rob, in, in five games. He's averaging 10.9 yards a carry. In his career, he's rushed for 5,624 yards in 31 games, which is over 181 yards a game. Averages 8.5 yards per carry for his career, 64 touchdowns. He's a really good linebacker, too, which I I think maybe is what he would play at the next level. Um, He leads him in tackles. He's just a really, really, really good football player. He's really explosive. And, And... as much as people say this all the time, the thing that's tough about him is um, he's so explosive and has such a knack for the big play. He's more than just fast, yeah, but he has such a knack for the big play, Rob, that you can do a really good job on him for 10 carries. And then the 11th one goes for 82 or 75 or 65. And then you do a good job on him for eight or nine more carries. And then the 21st one goes for 80. And pretty pretty soon, yeah. You know, he's got a couple long touchdowns, and 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 they're right in the game. But uh, more than him, I'm really interested in this game. Um, Durant has been not. I mean, they haven't been great, truthfully, the last you know last few years with him. Um, you know, I think they won five games um, his freshman year, and then the the only year that they've made the playoffs during that stretch was the the COVID year when everybody made the playoffs, I think they were four and four that year. Um, and they want to play, they want a first round game and, and lost in the second round. Um, but, you know, last year they, they struggled to get wins. They were in a lot of games. Um, and obviously they flipped it and they've won a lot of those close games this year. You know, you look at them last year, they lose to Sigourney Kyoto by three, uh, lose by a couple touchdowns to Cascade and Northeast lose to Wilton by two, um, you know, Lost to Regina by a couple of touchdowns. Lost to Sigourney. They did. They they were in the playoffs last year. I take that back. They lost to Sigourney in the first round. But um, two wins last year. Two and seven. And but at the same time, Rob, they've had really good games with West Branch, um, who's been who's obviously been very good. Last year was twenty eight fourteen. Um, if you're curious, Nolan DeLong one hundred and twenty six yards on on thirteen carries in that game. And then two years ago, it was 28-21. DeLong only had 20 yards on 13 carries. So I'm just – I'm kind of excited to see. I think this is a good measuring stick, honestly, for both teams, which we don't cover Durant. But as you're trying – we talk about – or I talk about the data points. You're just kind of trying to figure out where a lot of these teams are at. You know, obviously I have a sense in 1A. When you look at the rankings, you you kind of have a sense from previous years of maybe how, how good teams are. And when you look at the Associated Press poll in 1A right now, it's West Branch and Van Meter and Underwood. And Underwood and Duran are tied for third. Um, West Sioux, you know, so there's some familiar names on there. Dyke New Hartford's eight, Beckman's nine, Pella Christian 10. A lot of familiar names that you've, I've maybe seen in the past, but you're just kind of trying to sort out, like, how good these teams are because teams from one side of the state, you know, don't – there's not that many top 10 matchups throughout a season, I guess is what I should say. Yeah. Um, not, not a ton. Um, you know, Beckman maybe has had one or, or Pella Christian had one, you know, Mediapolis, um, on this side, Mediapolis obviously played West Branch last week. They played Regina, et cetera, but you're just kind of trying to figure out where these teams are at. So I think West Branch is really, really good. I think they're, you know, definitely in that top, obviously they're ranked number one right now. I think they're definitely in that top four group right now of, of all the teams in one a. So it, I think it's a great litmus test. You know, where's Durant fit into that? 
you know, because the playoffs are only a couple weeks away in those classes. Um, you know, so how good are they? Because I, I, I definitely think, and this isn't me, you know, taking anything away from them. How, you know, how much improvement have they made from past years? And like I said, even in some of those years when they didn't win a ton of games, they played West Branch really tough, which is, um, you know, what the West Branches and the Reginas around here get is you're going to get everybody's best shot. So really, really interesting game on Friday night. I'm excited to get out. Um, it's been a while since I've been to a game at Durant. Uh, so I'm excited to get out and, and see that one. Another game we'll be at is an uh, important district matchup in 3A with uh, Clear Creek at 1-0 in district, 3-2 and overall, playing host to Cedar Rapids, Washington, 2-3, and 0-1. Uh, good opportunity for Clear Creek here to maybe separate itself from one of the, the better teams in that district. Yeah, this is one of those games kind of like we talked about with West. I feel like I've talked about repeatedly. These are those games on paper that you know they're not going to be easy. I'm not saying these games – they're not games that you circle that's like that's a win. But these are games that if you want to get to where you're getting to, you circle at the start of the year and you're like, this is probably a game we have to win. And it was the same thing last year. Um, just an incredible game last year at, at Kingston um, that Clare Creek, that was kind of during that stretch when they just – every win they had, they were either coming yeah. from behind or scoring a late touchdown. It was unreal the stretch they had with the way they beat Liberty last year, um, the first game against Marion. The, the, so it was during that stretch. It was 20-19, to 19, um, a really good game. And it's actually you – know, a lot of this is in my capsules this week, but it's actually very interesting how, um, you know, how much Sea Rapids Washington has, has followed the same path this year to where they're at. They came into this game last year two and three. Obviously – these teams are playing the same schedule um, in the the two year mirrored schedules. So last year it was the same thing. They started two and zero. They beat Jefferson and Marion, and then lost three straight games before this Clear Creek game. They've done the same thing this year, Rob. They beat Jefferson and Marion, and then here's their um, their the, the teams they've lost to the last three games. Kennedy, which is all three of these games were at Kingston, <laughs> but um, Lost to Kennedy twenty seven to six. Lost to Lidmar thirty to twelve. Lost to Xavier thirty eight to zero. So it's like you look at that and you say, "Hey, they're two and three. I don't. I mean, that's a pretty tough schedule to be two and three against for for a four A team. So you know they're good. You know this is a game that they got to have too if they want to stay in that district race. Because when you look at it for Clear Creek Amana, again, I've said all year I think they're a playoff team, um, but they've got this game. Then they finish up with Xavier at home at Pella, who is winless right now. That's I mean, win, winless Pella. I, I didn't think I mean, I'd ever I, see that. No, and I don't – I mean, I'm not trying to pile on them by any means. I, this is actually a compliment. I wonder when the last time that they started 0-5 was because, I mean, that's a, that's one of the better programs that just doesn't have down years in the state. Now, that being said – when you look at who they've lost to, Norwalk, North Polk, Indianola, Bondurant, Ferrara, and Newton, um, Newton's 5-0. and And that's who that's who Clear Creek Amanda ends the season with, which I, I told you before I think could be a game to get into the playoffs. But when you look at the rest of that, um, you know, Norwalk's ninth, Bondurant, Ferrara's eighth, Indianola's fourth, and North Polk, North Polk is uh, fifth in 3A. So, I mean, so again, kind of like the the Washington thing. Basically, what I'm saying is, in Newton's five and zero right now, um, and gave Clear Creek a really good game last year in Newton. So I can sum it up, Rob. You got to win. You got to win two of those probably to have a shot, right? I mean, if you win three of them, great. But you got to you got to start winning games down the stretch because, I mean, there's no and, and there's no easy ones, right? I mean, in this district, we said that before beforehand um you got a chance to win three you gotta like i said you gotta probably have to win two of these next three really you might have to win three of these next four which i think that they can do um you had newton and, and washington at home and and newton and washington and xavier at home so you had three of those four at home um in appella but there's no easy ones on there i don't care what anybody's what anybody's record is uh newton won appella last week so this is, district is a lot to me. I think I said this last week. This district is a lot like that Regina and West Branch district. I love it because, you know, sometimes in these districts, and, and we have some teams that are in these too, 
there's a lot, a lot, a lot of lopsided games. Um, man, I just, this district is great. Uh, like, you know, Xavier is probably the head of this or the, the class of this district right now with that win over Wash last week. Um, but you know, Oskaloosa, you know, gave, gave Clear Creek a, a really good game last week. So you have them in there with Wash and Xavier and Pella and Newton. I think there's going to be a lot of really good games, but there's, there's playoff spots to be had here. Um, and you're going to have to win the tight ones. So I think this is a really key game for Clear Creek Amanda. I think it's a game they can get, but they're going to have to play well because I don't, I don't look at Washington as really a two and three team. They're probably more in that three, three win range right now. If, if they play a little bit more favorable schedule, just like I can pretty much assure you that Pella is the best Owen five team in the state probably. Yeah, and a lot of it is, as you said, based on um, who you've played at this point. And yeah. Not all schedules are created equal, and that's kind of what I would say about Regina as well. Um, Regina's had some a tough part of its schedule already, already uh, three and two at this point, um, and gets a, a favorable matchup, we'll put it that way, against Louisa Muscatine this week at home. Uh, that should get Regina to four and two and maybe get it some momentum with a big game, obviously at West Branch the following week. Yeah, they, they needed, they needed last week a little bit. And cause, you know, we talked about it. That's a game you have to win probably, but Wilton's no pushover. I mean, that they won that 37 13. That's a good program. Uh, Wilton, but yeah, they needed that. And now, you know, they get a chance this week to, to, to get right a little bit, hopefully get healthy. They've had some guys um, out of the lineup for a couple games. They've had, I mean, really all year, some of their better players have been in and out of the lineup, um, you know, which has been a real factor for them. But they get to see the ball go through the hoop this week, hopefully, um, you know, as we talked about before and have some success because their season's going to, I mean, at, I'll put it like this, and I'm, I haven't talked to the coaches at Regina, but after this week, Rob, it's basically, it's all playoff games for them if that makes sense. Um, I mean, you, you go to West branch, you go to Durant who are, you know, as we sit here right now, five weeks in are top three teams, undefeated teams. So obviously one of those teams is going to lose on Friday, but you got, you got to keep winning. Um, You know, those next two weeks are not, you know, win or go home, but, but it's all playoff atmosphere. It's all playoff style football from now on. I mean, you're going to play those two teams are certainly playoff teams. And then, you know, you get into the playoffs and you have another playoff team. And, you, and then it is you got to keep winning. So, um, yeah, this is a good spot for them to get right a little bit, hopefully, um, and prepare themselves because, man, that's it's two tough road trips to end it for them. But yeah. it's, it's Regina. You know, I mean, you know they're going to be have a good plan. You know they're going to be ready to play. So I just hope that they can get as healthy as they can get, you know, for those last two weeks because, um, you know, just looking at stats and obviously in, in things, I know that they've had some guys that, that have been missing – that's the hard thing about high school football is you, you obviously don't want to see that, but hopefully they can get as close to full strength as they can for the next couple weeks. Cause they're always dangerous. I mean, they're always dangerous with that coaching staff and, and how hard those kids play over there. They're always going to be a dangerous team down the stretch. No doubt. And probably will peak at the right time. Uh, Want to let folks know that support for this podcast comes from systems unlimited celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs. Throughout East Central Iowa, a list of their services and upcoming events can be found at SUI.org. Thank you to Systems Unlimited and Edward Jones for their support of the podcast. Um, another team that kind of was sporting a record that we weren't used to, Solon at one and two, uh, has answered the bell nicely, coming back with a pair of big wins uh, and has outscored Assumption and West Burlington by a combined score of 71 to 10 the last two weeks gets Washington at home this week for homecoming up in uh, Ryan's neck of the woods. Homecoming parade tonight. Yeah, we have that here in city too. Are you marching? So I actually will be at, I will be, I will see the city high homecoming parade tonight and not the Solon homecoming parade because my daughter has confirmation in Iowa City, <laughs> and our church is on the. They're very excited. Well, you you can march in the city parade. I could. We'll let our you do that. Our church is on the city high parade route, so I think we're just hop um, in there, or at least grab some candy. 
I can throw candy at people. Like, can't throw a baseball anymore, but I think I can still throw like cinnamon discs or tootsie tootsie rolls. That's what's Just crushed don't give all over people this. toothbrushes. People that do that at <laughs> no. those parades should be arrested. It's like it's like the people that hand them out on Halloween, right? Yep. So I do like. I love this now, and I'm not just saying this, but when we're at parades and you get like the bottle of water or like the like the piece of like you get a banana. Sometimes I'm like, oh, awesome! Like a banana. My kids are like disgusted. Like who yep. wants a bottle of water? Give me three Tootsie Rolls. I'm like, man, it's 95 degrees out here. Give me the bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> but so getting, you don't want to get me off track, Rob. You know that. Um, Solon, the ultimate take care of business. Um, road trip last week at West Burlington. You get in, you get out, you get a win, uh, a shutout. Really interesting. That's I think I had this in my in my game story or in my rewind this week, but they've had a remarkable. They shut out the same two teams. That's their second shutout of the year. Shut out West Burlington and West Liberty this year. Same two teams they shut out last year, but their defense has been really good all year. Rob, I I, I know I've talked about that on here before. I won't go through you know all the stats. I'm I'm a stat nerd. Like I get it, but they haven't allowed a team to have better than 4.6, 4.7 yards per play. And it, I, people probably hear me say that all the time. They're like, what are you talking about? I, I don't have all the analytics that you have in, in like college or, or NFL, obviously, which points per possession, I think is actually a really good, you know, statistical data point, um, which I don't have. I don't have a way to figure out how many possessions teams have, but because of the nature of high school football, as we talked about, you know, how many yards is, is, um, and, and I mean, no disrespect by this, Rob, but how many yards is West Branch putting up, you know, in a game that they're winning, that they score 61 points in the first half on, on defensive touchdowns. Now, does that mean that they weren't good offensively? No, of course not. So I like to look at yards per play, um, more than I like to look at total yards or anything like that, because that is a stat that I, I can get, um, into my spreadsheet. I can find out how many plays, you know, teams run, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so a good example of that is the most yards Solon's given up all year. This is an amazing stat. So people will let me geek out for a second. The most yards they've allowed in the game this year is they gave up 305, uh, to Mount Vernon. Um, in that game, Mount Vernon ran 77 offensive plays routes in a high school football game, which again, that's a credit to them. Yeah. They had a great plan in that game. I know we, we talked about it before, but two teams that could easily play again, but 77, plays in a 48 minute high school game is incredible. So even in that game, you look at it, uh, Williamsburg and Davenport assumption both averaged more yards per play against Solon than Mount Vernon did who averaged 3.96 yards per play. But anyway, last week, um, really good defensively. Again, Solon hasn't given up more than 150 rushing yards in a game. They've just, they're really good and they don't have Brett White's fantastic. But other than that, they just have a bunch of really, really good, tough, hard-nosed high school football players, if that makes sense. I mean, they don't have a guy that you look at that really stands out. But Ben Campman's playing really well, Austin Bell, Mac McCarty. I mean, they're, they're just really solid. It's a really well-coached defense. But um, the thing to watch for them, I, and I shouldn't say this, you know, losses can happen anywhere. Washington's a good program. Uh, I don't think they have this, the best team that they've had in a while, Rob, but, but they're a solid program. Lost to Grinnell last week, and that's probably – they. What I was going to say is the thing to watch for in this district, um, 3A5, is, is really for the probably the second team um, behind Solent. I don't, I'm not sure who it is. Grinnell beat Washington last week by a touchdown. Solent hosts Grinnell on the 14th. Um, but again, outside of Solent, who I think is the class of, of this district, there's going to be a bunch of really good games. So if you're, even if you're a Solent fan and you're kind of curious, I mean, you look at last week, Fairfield in the openers, Fairfield beat. Keokuk 16 to 15. Um, or excuse me, Keokuk, yes, yeah, Fairfield beat Keokuk 16 to 15. Um, like I said, Grinnell won by a touchdown um, over over Washington. So I think a lot of even games outside of, you know, probably who Solon's playing. So um, they, sh- they should be the class of this district. They were last year. I had it in my game notes this year. Dating back to the, the district games last year and including – Last Friday's win at West Burlington, um, Solon's outscored its district opponents two hundred and ninety to fifty one. So, I'm and I mean I'm not I'm never putting people down. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but they they shouldn't lose the district game this year. 
I mean, I'll just say, you know, I mean, when, when, when you look at the raw data, which is always what I'm going off of. So yeah, they get homecoming this week. Um, now Washington and Grinnell are both good programs. I, I for sure. Um, but they should, you know, if they can take care of business and, and that's important for them because you think back to where they were at going into that assumption game, there's probably a lot of people that were like, you know, wondering how good that team was. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, they've had a couple guys out. Sean Staley's missed a couple games. So get him back in. And, and I think they'll be peaking at the right time too, Rob. Yeah, no question. And uh, it's good that Solon got some good competition in the non-con uh, to kind of prepare itself if you're not yeah. playing in as hard of a district, maybe. And again, no disrespect to the teams in right. the district, but you want to make sure you were challenged at some point during your regular season before you get into the playoffs and figure out what you need to fix. Yeah, and I think they played three – well, I mean, they played three playoff teams. I, I'm, yeah. yeah, I mean, with with assumption and um, Mount Vernon and, and Williamsburg, certainly, who's, yep. you know, a class lower, but is obviously – that doesn't matter. I mean, they're really no. good. So I think you're exactly right. Um, you know, and, and then the key for that is, you know, r- ratcheting yourself back up and not, not thinking – not thinking in the manner that me and you are basically just talking right now. Cause I'm just flat out. Like they shouldn't lose another game. And I'm talking about data points and everything. Well, that's great, but stats games are not determined by stats and on paper. We all know that. So that's great. I can talk about that stuff, but you got to go play. So they should ignore me as everyone should. And they should go play football instead of listening to what I'm talking about. <laughs> Although I still think my yards per play and, 77 yard, 77 offensive plays in a high school football game is a pretty good stat. No doubt. No question. <laughs> and uh, I think Liberty's had some, probably had some pretty good stats this year. Um, I was, uh, we talked about it last week. I was interested to see how it would bounce back from a really just heartbreaking loss at Independence and uh, went on the road and handled Clear Creek pretty easily. Um, just overwhelmed a pretty good team on the road. Uh, that had, then had North Scott at home, uh, one of the standards in that class, um, and and took care of business. Um, so, as we talked about when we're talking about City, Liberty is legit this year, and it'll be interesting to see where this team can go from here because it's already got three really impressive wins on the resume already. That I mean, that's maybe my biggest thing right now, and I mean this with it as the utmost confidence when I say this. How good are they, Rob? I mean... I just hope they're rewarded at the end of the season. I know they've got the one loss, but hopefully people look at the how that game ended and then how hard of a game that is to play on the road. Uh, and then, you know, who Liberty's been able to beat. I mean, that's a really good class. It's a really interesting class, I think, this year when you look at you know, and this is the A people, and everybody's going to do it differently. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this is the order of teams right now. I'm just saying, when you look at the top five in that right now, Council Bluffs, Lewis Central, who has been, you know, it's it's them and, and Cedar Rapids Xavier and North Scott have been the the premier yep. at this kind of level, going back to the old three A for for a while. It's Council Bluffs, Lewis Central, Cedar Rapids Xavier, Waverly Shell Rock, Liberty Indianola. And I think those teams are all really good. And, and I, I mean, you look at it and it, to the, to your point as what you just said, you know, Lewis Central, Xavier, Waverly, Shellrock, all five and out. I don't know who they have left. I know who Xavier has left because they're in the district with Clear Creek and they beat, um, Washington last week. So they have Clear Creek. They have Newton. They have, uh, Oskaloosa and they have Pella. So I know who they have left. I don't have any idea who Lewis Central plays. You know, I know they beat Harlan early, um, who's, you know, one of the best 3A teams. I don't know who Waverly has left. I'm just saying, does anybody have a better resume to be, you know, at the end of the season to be rewarded than, than Liberty? I mean, when you look at it and, and I mean, you know, they beat a good Linmar team. They beat City High. Um Especially if it takes care of Burlington and Fort Mac. If it takes care of those two teams and is clearly, you know, better. Because those two teams, I think, are – I'm looking at the Bound has, like, Bound ranks the teams. I'm not sure what they use as their determining factors, but they have Fort Madison among – I guess they go by record. 
Yeah, basically. So, so Fort Madison is among the unbeatens and Burlington's among teams with one loss. So Fort Madison um, is 5-0. and They're they're 10 in the AP poll this year. Um, their wins are Keokuk, West Burlington, Fairfield, Washington, and, and Mount Pleasant. So they they that was a really good win for Liberty last year down there. Yeah. A tough place to play. Yep. And that was what I thought was going to springboard them um into the playoffs last year. So I'm not counting that's at home. That's in that's they go to Mount Pleasant this week, Liberty does, and then that's at home next week. Um when Liberty's been obviously very good at home um the last couple of years. So I'm not I'm not gonna count that as a win or whatever, but um, you know, Fort Madison really is gonna step up in in um competition the next I mean it's just true. I mean they're gonna step up in competition the next couple of weeks. They they go to Clinton, they go to one and four Clinton um this Friday, and then they go to Liberty, North Scott, Burlington to close it out. Yeah. Um and I, I mean but you're exactly right. Burlington's four and one as well, who who beat Liberty last year. Um so if they if they win those games convincingly I mean, if they win those games, really, but but especially if they if they continue to do what I what I think they can do, they're going to have a tremendous resume. And you're exactly right. I mean, if I'll I'll put it like I'll just be blunt. I, I beat around the bush on here sometimes, Rob. And I, I mean, and you know what I'm talking about. The way things stand right now, if if Liberty is going to play Waverly, Shellrock, or Xavier, or Lewis Central, like shouldn't it be in the Unidome? I mean, and I don't know if those are the best teams. I mean, that's that's the eight people. And then you look at the rest of it, Indianola, like I said, who I think is very good. But Carlisle, Newton, Bondurant, Farrar, I think Bondurant, Farrar is, is, is good too. Um, you know, Norwalk. And then that's another hard thing too because you look at where all those teams are at geographically. And, yeah. hey, let's not forget about North Scott either because they're three and two. Like, I get it. They lost to Xavier and Liberty who were – you know, two and four right now. Do you, if you're a four, a team, do you want to play North Scott in the playoffs? No. Cause I certainly don't want, I certainly don't want to. And really to that degree, you can throw Western Dubuque into that probably. Yeah. Um, you know, who has a freshman quarterback that's, that's going to continue to get better. But anyway, I mean, the way it sits right now and the way that I think it's going to sit in three weeks or whatever, I I'm with you. I hope that they have a path and look at this level. It again, I'm going to try to reference this every podcast, Rob, the, the Garrett Hartwig. It's hard to win football games, <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's hard to win football games, but it'll be interesting to see what they do too um, in 4A just based on, like I said, will Fort Madison or, or, or you know, Newton be in the top 10 in, in two or three weeks? I don't know. But if you look at, you know, the top seven, eight, if you look at seven or eight of these teams that I, that I personally, in my mind, think are in the top you know, the, the better teams in this class right now, Lewis Central, uh, Indianola, Carlisle, Bondurant, Farrar, Norwalk, you know, where, where are those teams located? You know, I mean, you have five of those. And then, and then you look at Xavier, Waverly, Liberty, and, and North Scott. So, I mean, I guess it's more, I guess it's relatively, you know, five and four or whatever, but we'll yeah. see, we'll see how they do it. Um, anyway, getting back more on point, Liberty, impressive. I wrote about this in my rewind this week, and I'll say it again. I think I maybe said it on here a little bit last week. Graham Beckman's been so good, you know, 63% completion rate, 1,100 yards, almost 1,200 yards, 12 TDs, one pick, um, rushed for 168 yards, three touchdowns. He's been so good that I think maybe I've skated over a little bit how good – and their defense has been good, and we talked about their, how much better their line was against City. Um They've run the ball good this year. You know, I mean, they haven't been incredible. They ran it for 230 against Clear Creek, but 165 against Western Dubuque, 150 against City, 72 last week. But how good his – probably in my mind, I haven't done a good enough job of of talking about how good I think some of those playmaking guys have been. Like, they don't have the, the guy that's going to have a 1,000 yards rushing, you know, or – I mean, maybe they will, but there's still a lot of games, four games to play. But um, – their skill position guys, Rob, 10, or excuse me, five guys with more than 10 catches. All of those guys have at least 98 yards. Um, you know, they, they just have a really good group of guys of skill position guys, running back, receiver. Um, 
tight end. I mean, I, I think I've probably sold those guys short a little bit as far as just talking about them or writing about them. I mean, they're really solid. They're, they have exactly what you I think you look for in a lot of ways in a good team is I'll, I'll just say this, Rob, we can move on, but where, what area would you say that they're deficient in? You know, it's like they're good in special teams. Hayden Saul has been good. Yeah. Um, they're, they're maybe not, you know, incredible in any area, although Graham Beckman has probably been kind of incredible to start the year if you're ranking 4A quarterbacks. But they're just really solid everywhere. I mean, if you look at position groups or how they defend the run or defend the pass or how they run the ball or throw the ball or their special teams, I mean – I just think they're really a team without a major weakness. Yeah, I just think, you know, what's that saying about the, you know, the sum of the parts? Yeah. It's kind of that with Liberty. You can't really just narrow it down and focus on one or two guys. They're solid across the board. I I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, if you want to stop them from throwing the ball, they'll run it on you. You know, I mean, if you're going to roll a safety over to this guy, they'll – They'll hit underneath routes to somebody. You know, I mean, yeah. they have guys that can take the top off. They have guys that can run different routes. They can run the ball. Um, you know, if you want to play field position, you know, you want to kind of grind it out, which North Scott does. They can play that way. You want to try to score a bunch of points. I think they can do that. You know, I mean, yeah, it's just I'm very impressed by by how complete of a football team they are five weeks in. I guess is what I'll say. I think their defense has been a little bit of a surprise. They've held up really well against some good offensive teams. Surprise to me, maybe maybe it's not a surprise to them, but and again, defensively they're not huge, um, but they've got some guys that can really move. They're sound. They don't make mistakes. Very impressed. Very impressed. Them and West Branch have as strong a resumes within their individual classes, I think, as any team in in their class. I I, I mean, I believe that even with a loss for Liberty, uh, I think I think that's a you. I'm sure you can make cases for all four of those other teams that are up by them. And I'd probably, you know, believe what you were saying, but I think you could make a case for them as well. Yeah, I want to correct myself. It was Western Dubuque that they lost to. I had that. I had the goofy loss by Clear Creek against Independence mixed up with the with the Liberty loss. <laughs> well, they, but they both they were both insane losses. They were both crazy. Yes. So I it's understandable. And I don't think that I've called five uh, a four a in this podcast or four a three a, which I often do. So not yet. We got time though. And we'll go uh full full circle here, Ryan. We started with the boot. We'll come back around the city and west here and wrap up with five A. Five A. Five A. Um interesting. I mean, you, you always wonder how teams are going to respond after a, a huge rivalry game. And you've got City High with homecoming, uh needs to stay focused after a big win. And how does West respond to, you know? for lack of a better term, being overwhelmed last week at home. I think, I mean, again, you're not, we're not trying to put anybody down, obviously, but you worry from both sides in this, right? The letdown spot after this game. I mean, just, it's a huge game. We talk about this before the boot every year. It's, it's, these kids know each other. They care deeply about this game and that's what makes it great. Um, and so you worry about how win or lose, what the response is going to be the next week. Um, you know, both these teams will start with West. I, I never worry about Garrett Hartwig having the attention of his team. Um, I'm sure that they've gotten their attention. They go to Davenport Central, back to Brady Street. They were just there two weeks ago, this time on a Friday. Um, Central's one and four, maybe Jefferson in, th- in week three. So a game that, West won last year. Mason Applegate ran wild in that game. I think he had a school record over 400 yards rushing. This is a game that – this is the perfect game for West, I think, right now. After that loss, I said it before about Regina, the, the ball going through the hoop game, right? You get some things right. You, you have some positive things happen. And even if you are – I mean, frankly, even if you're not at your best after that loss last week, it's probably a game that you can win. Now, again, games aren't won on paper. You got to go win this game, but – it's a it's a it's an important game for them, not just not just coach speak wise, Rob, because it's the next game, but it's an important game for them to come out of this game feeling good. They're three and two. They win this game. They're four and two, right? 
But the reason that they need to just not get a win, come out of this game feeling good, and that doesn't mean score 85 points. That just means be crisp, be sound, come out of this healthy, you know, get back on track, feel good about what you're doing. Because after this, it's Bettendorf, Prairie, Pleasant Valley to close it out for West. And you're going to have to be clean. You're going to have to be crisp. You're going to have to play your best football to win to win any of those three games down the stretch. I mean, those are three really good teams. So you got to take, I mean, you, this is an important game for them. I've said it a million times in this podcast. You can't leave, let City High beat you twice. And that includes going forward, right? You yeah. can't slog your way through this game and then go into next week not feeling good, not being in a good shape mentally. You got to right the ship right away. And for City High, it's really kind of the same thing. They get Davenport North at home, homecoming, all that stuff. You can't have, you know, you can't have the boot let down, whatever you want to call it. You can't come out. I mean, you got to get the exact same thing I said about West High. You got to be sharp. You got to come out. It's a game that you're not going to have to probably have your A game against 0-5 Davenport North at home to win. But next week, it's Pleasant Valley. Right. And then the week after that, it's five and no Davenport West uh, before you close with Central. So that Pleasant Valley game in two weeks on the seventh for City High is huge, I think. Um, you know, you you said it before, they've lost to two really good teams. Well, one of those teams isn't in your class, and one of those teams is number two, Dowling's number two in the state. So when you start looking at you know how you're gonna seed and do all those things in the postseason. You've got one data point against, you know, teams over here that are going to be in the top eight at the end of the year, probably. Right. And that's Pleasant Valley. So where, you know, they're number one right now. Where do you, how do you do in that game? I just think that's a huge game, you know, as far as how the postseason plays out in a big opportunity for them in a game, you know, they only lost a handful of games last year. Like they lost three games. Right. Um, and there was two games, two games. And one of them was to Pleasant Valley. So it's a big opportunity for them. Again, they're not playing that game this week, but you have a chance to to, to get yourself in the right frame of mind and, and be sharp and do all those things going into that game. Um, so I think this is a good, I think the schedule sets up well for both these teams, but you got to go play, right? I mean, nobody's going to hand you anything. So I think it sets up well. I think they both have good opportunities this week to, put themselves in position for that final three games. No question. And you folks have an opportunity to get all of this information and more on the site at yourprepsports.com. Pre-game previews, uh, post-game coverage of all sports, football, volleyball, cross-country, swimming, uh, pickleball. You cover pickleball? I play it a little bit. Uh, I mean – are you a force on the pickleball no. court? No, I'm terrible. I'm right. terrible. So if anybody out there is looking for a pickleball partner, look elsewhere. Yeah, let me know. You can – I won't put up much resistance. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening to the 7 Nation podcast here on yourprepsports.com. Check out the website for complete coverage of everything we discussed here and more, and we will talk to you next week. Say goodbye, Ryan. All right.